I'm Nigel Flynn and this is my story of how my life was turned upside down by a brain injury four years ago. I will tell you how I've been getting on with that and how it wasn't the best brain wave I ever had. Episode 14, set it up, set it up again. Apparently I was going home, wherever that was. The Commandant informed me one day during his ward round that I was to be sent back to Northern Ireland to continue my recuperation over there, as soon as they could find a hospital that would take me. It felt so good to be wanted. I'm not really sure why this dramatic change had been seen as necessary, but who was I to argue? I was delighted to be getting out of the prison camp at last. Maybe I had said the wrong thing and had upset someone other than Michael. I was given a discharge date, which was postponed a few times. This was not surprising for anyone who had ever overheard the excuses and disappointment delivered to any of the other inmates who had been expecting to go home subject to an appropriate care package being arranged. My discharge was a little more complicated because it involved a flight and someone would have to travel with me. I packed, finally recovered my belongings from the safe Surprisingly, no responsible adult was required to sign for the release and said my goodbyes. My discharge papers and pharmacy package travelled on my lap as the attractive blonde nurse and I finally boarded the taxi to the airport. We were due to fly into Belfast from city from Edinburgh that afternoon and she was instructed to return later that evening on the other flight that had been booked for her from Derry Airport. That was going to be interesting. Flying domestically in the UK as a wheelchair user is very pleasant and the airports really do, do work hard to make things go smoothly. Wheelchair users have their own dedicated waiting area at most boarding gates. We are taken on board by a vehicle called an Ambilift, which is a huge forklift truck that loads you on either first or last via your own door onto the plane. It's the door on the other side of the cabin opposite the door that everyone else uses. I bet you always wondered what that was for. We are allowed extra hand luggage because if if you're obviously disabled, no one likes to ask, what have you got in that bag? You usually get to sit near the front in case people have to step over you at an emergency evacuation. And it's all very special, really. Some other public facilities could take lessons from the approach of the aircraft industry. As this was going to be my first experience of flying as a person with a disability, I was very much distracted by the novelty of it all. I had been a frequent flyer between Edinburgh and Belfast, but never had got this quality treatment before. I was also familiar enough with the flight to know its typical duration and to realise that I might need to use the toilets on board rather than wait until we got to the Belfast arrivals hall. So I explained to my nurse and the nice elderly gentleman sitting on the aisle seat beside me I would like to try and go. By supporting myself and holding on to the backs of the few seats from row five to the front of the plane, and with the help of the air stewardess, I managed to get myself into the small cabin toilet closet. I wedged my elbows between a few pipes and structural panels and managed to have successfully have my first pee while standing up for quite a few months. I also managed to open the closet door smiled broadly to catch the attention of the stewardess again and begin to make my way back to row five. I was feeling very pleased with myself, but distracted, however, by a familiar face sitting in row one.
now feeling invincible and fascinated, I stopped to study myself and examine this face, which I now recognised as a popular new TV news reporter. He was similarly looking at me, but his smile was rather more nervous than inquisitive. As I stood there with my broadest grin, delighted to have accompanied my solo toilet trip and waiting to receive some kind of recognition from a TV celebrity, I realised that he was staring at my feet. So I looked down as well and immediately saw my trousers were around my ankles. There I was at the front of the plane, proudly displaying my best red underpants, skinny white legs, but no shame, as the TV news reporter sat in fear of receiving an unwelcome lap dance. I was wearing the same clothes that I had worn when I was admitted to hospital, but now in the intervening three months I had lost almost 20 kilograms of weight and my jeans no longer fitted me the way I expected. I had properly fastened the belt, but it just didn't have enough notches anymore. I was about 20% less of the man I had been before, but I was still expecting to be able to fit into the same clothes. No one had warned me about that one. Not even my accompanying nurse has seen fit to point out my changed appearance. You just can't trust, trust those nurses. We arrived in Northern Ireland, and as I managed to bribe an ambulance driver to get my nurse to her other airport, but it was cast this time as tail cheese and onion crisps just don't have the same rarity value in Northern Ireland. I was deposited like an Amazon delivery at Untermeria Hospital. I have no idea what ward I was in or even which area, but I was given a room of my own with my own own suite facilities. Either they expected that I had some infectious disease or I was getting the celebrity treatment in, flat, in recognition of my in-flight striptease. First things first, there were some wee forms that had needed to be filled in and I needed a sleep. This endless fatigue was dominating my life. I had a very poor battery life and could last little more than four hours before a recharge was necessary. In fact, my phone was lasting longer than I was. So I would take a nap at every opportunity, which is often if you spend most of your day horizontal on a hospital bed. I longed to be left alone, but wee forms and blood samples often made that difficult. I was a captive in bed again, at the mercy of the hospital staff who could poke me and prod me as much as they wanted, and that's what they started to do immediately. This has been my own production on Anchor. All rights and permissions are reserved by Nigel Flynn Media. A written version of all 35 episodes is available in print via Amazon. I'd like to thank Mel McCart for letting me use his original music. Paddy McGill for helping me with the graphics and Elian Raub for giving me the original idea. You can find me on Twitter on at Nigel underscore Flynn.